before we uh, hit the best of the air comfort solutions text line, I promised to get through all of it. I didn't realize that it would be like this. Holy smokes. Hey, can I can I ask a dumb question real quick because Please, I am kind of I, out of the loop on this. I okay. love dumb questions. What what is this what does this mean? And and maybe the, the texter can help me out too. Um Are we gonna ignore that our fans pointed out pre snap to the defense that one of our best third, fourth down targets was subbing onto the field? Am I, I did I miss that? No, I I I don't know what's going on with that. Is that the like I don't, I I don't know if if that's like a the, the anger that's been directed towards the PA guy or what. But hey, like like Toby jokes about, and he's and he's always right that more than anything else, right in in the grand scheme of things, when you lose, it's everybody's thought or everybody's fault, right? Everybody's mad at everybody. <laughs> but I mean, I don't. I don't know. PA guy has quickly turned into a hefty villain, though, huh? <laughs> that is a fascinating development. Uh, Wipe It Wednesday is coming a, a little bit earlier, I think, this year. Or this week, right? Is, is it? <laughs> or, or, or no. Is it not? Is it going to be something that never, ever, ever goes away? We've got Make Sense of It Monday and Trash It Tuesday. Trash It Tuesday. All right, um, I mentioned that I wanted to get a little coach audio here. Brent Venables was asked in his post game about the struggles on third down. I don't, I don't think it. Maybe. Coach? Why does this? Why does this always happen to your boy? He's been good enough, and and that's what I know. Um, there we but, go. Let's try this. Start. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't think it. Yeah, I think it was more off. Uh, uh, you know, he's been good enough, and and that's what I know. Um, but, you know, we had that – we went punt, punt in the first half and touchdown uh, maybe three plays, 70 yards, and then we come back and it was really – we were really starting to – you know, had a really good drive, and then we come back and we're going we're, – we had a good drive going. I think we were 5 of 15. We had a penalty uh, put us – we got backed up and we had to end up punting, and then we come back and we go touchdown field goal right before half. So a lot of things, you know, it's not all, you know, um, Dylan in some of those situations. It's maybe it's the plays beforehand. Again, maybe it's the penalties, the procedures, uh, things of that nature, you know, all at the wrong time. But um, again, in, in, again, critical situations, you know, you gotta you gotta be precise, and there's a lot to it. So whether that's how we're running the routes or uh, putting the ball where it needs to be, and you know, probably easier said than done. And again, that's a top ten defense, you know, in every category. And at times they played like it, and at times our offense, you know, did some great stuff. Great. How much did that start really impact? Set the tone with their two touchdown uh, drives. Good question by Eric. I'll just roll with this. Right Tough away. start, right? Nothing before you knew it. Just how did you like the way the team reacted? What are your thoughts on that start? Well, we certainly didn't start well as a football team. You know, they go two long touchdown drives. Uh, did whatever they wanted to do, and and then we go to you know, a one three and out, and I think five for fifteen or something like that. You know, uh, we and we end up punting our first two drives on offense. So started out terrible, then we go three straight drives on on defense where it's three straight three and outs, and you know, and then we come back right before half on defense and give up an eleven play forty uh, two yard drive and a and a field goal uh, ten play seventy. Uh, yard drive. So, uh, and then we didn't match them. We, we again, we had the one drive where we had penalty 
uh, in the middle of the drive after we get it going, and we have to end up punting. And uh, when we're going to go for it on fourth down, and then we can come back and score a touchdown on a field goal. So, uh, you know, we still have a chance there in the fourth quarter. As terrible as we we played in spots, and as inefficient as we played in spots, we still have a a chance if things go right, we get off the field on third down to have a chance to still go win the game. And uh, that's uh, just was disappointing. That's that's what showed up tonight. So that's what we coached all week, apparently. And um, just we were we were not good enough when we needed to be, and they were. So I have a question for you, Josh. I'm gonna unplug. I don't know why this hates me so much. I just bought a new adapter. I just think adapters in general hate me. Wow, <sighs> that's right. that's new. Yeah, that was new. Oh. I found a new cord for it. Oh, I don't no. know. What's... Should I steal Enrique and Lewis's new adapter that they have here in their Spanish broadcast kit? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, I will, actually. You, you have sh- my permission. I'll swap them out see if they notice it. Okay, here's here's my question. Does it, does it make you feel better or worse whenever a coach says, and I know this wasn't in the clips, but I've been thinking about it a lot, we practiced well. We prepared well. I did not see this kind of issue coming. Does that make you feel better or worse? Because, I, I right, if, if coach, you know, we had a tough week of practice, things didn't go so well, a lot of guys out. Sometimes you look at it, you're like, okay, well, that's fine. But I don't know, do you feel better or worse whenever, you know, Brent, Ted, Jeff, they all come in? Like, we had a good week of practice. I don't, I mean, it's just, this was befuddling what happened here today. Probably worse, right? Probably worse. I agree. That. Just because it's you don't really have your pulse on what's about to happen. But then again, look if you if you practice poorly, you know that. And going into the game, you're you know kind of trying to pull all the right strings and pull on the right rope to say, guys, this is not good enough this week. We're going to have to get this thing flipped around and in a hurry if we want to go win this football game. And yet, if things are great. At practice, and then you go out and you stink on Saturday. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what what can you do differently, right? I mean, if you feel like you've prepped the team well and film study was great, you know that you – I mean, you know what your opponent's going to do. Then it's just about, hey, go out and stop Adrian Martinez. And Oklahoma did not go out and stop Adrian Martinez, right? I mean, really, that's what it boils down to is Kansas State, you, you have to – tip the cap to them you have to tip the cap to adrian martinez in one week's time whatever buttons that chris Kleiman and k-state pushed obviously it worked beautifully it worked to perfection their pass protection was better right adrian martinez his awareness in the pocket when to escape when to roll out just every part of his game his accuracy throwing on the run uh the the way he was working in the read option game everything from adrian martinez was better it's unreal this week as compared to anything that had happened prior. So, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it makes me feel worse. But ultimately, it's uh, kind of the simple age-old, you just got to play better. Got to like, play better. I mean, you just have to play better. Maybe it's Owen Field and the turf and Adrian Martinez that when he steps on here, he just becomes a different player <laughs> because that's the way it seems right now. Oh, everyone pointing out them, them chanting stoops when he came on the field. I mean, okay. 
but I mean, you're, you're going to cheer for your guy. Did the guy announce Drake Stoops in the game? I mean, it's not like softball and baseball, right? So I don't. I mean, I don't think. I don't think Kansas was like the fan said Stoops is on the field. Go get him. That's it. They're throwing to Stoops. Um, PA guy just said Boomer. They're throwing to Stoops. Can, can I hit two that are really good here? Actually, there's three really good ones. At least from things that hopefully I can give you an answer for. So either it makes you matter or from what, what I am in, in a very you know blessed perspective. And you guys see it too down there in, in, the, in, in Cal. See it too down in the, the first few rows. From the 214. Did anyone else notice Brent spending a bit too much time coaching the defense and missing a few somewhat important game decisions like not using timeouts at the end of the game when K-State had the ball? Um I don't I, no. I I think it was calculated that they they didn't use the timeouts when they didn't use the timeouts. I, I thought the the timeouts worked perfectly, guys. I mean they had given them you're in third and sixteen. Okay? That's timeouts were I mean they were used to me, I mean and we can debate game management all you want. Um but I thought the timeout use worked out beautifully for Oklahoma. It left them with what would have been plenty of time. And Kansas was in a third and 16. You got to get off the field. The Here's one thing that I have no problem. And Brent Venables has said it many times. He's like, you know, there's times when I got to be on the whiteboard. Um, and there's times when I, I've got to be off of it. I think that he has empowered his coaches a lot. Now, he's the, he's the decider. He's the ultimate decider. But I do think it's, hey, you know, I, I've got – Matt Wells down here on the sidelines with me, who if if I need to be in that defensive huddle, I've got a former head coach who can help with things. I've got Jeff Levy, a guy upstairs that I have a lot of faith in and is a future head coach. So I, I understand what you're saying, but I just think there's going to be moments. You know, we used to – I hate to compare anything to Oklahoma State – but I remember whenever people would get so mad at, at Mike Gundy because when the defense was out, he'd be sitting over talking to his offense or his quarterback. That's just – that's how it's it's going to be, right? That's that's the reality of it. You know, they, the best CEO coach I ever saw was Bob Stoops. And I, I wasn't on the sidelines in 99 or 2000 to see how that evolved for him, right? I don't think he was – uh, maybe, and, and Coach, you can always correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe it was a process for him. But he was he was a great CEO um, head coach as time went along, right? But even he, there were moments whenever he's over there in that defensive huddle or that offensive huddle making sure his linemen or his defense knew, hey, this has got to be better. This, this has got to be better. And they would go through some things on the board with him. But I think that's a process, and I think it's a matter of feel for Brent Venables. I don't think it's why they lost the game on Saturday night. But, you know, that's that's a place where he needs to be. He needs to be in there making sure that communication is happening the proper way. Um, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe as time progresses, that's something where you don't see him there as much. I don't know. But I, I do know. I, I thought they managed the timeouts well. I don't think that was something – uh, either in the first or second half that I look at them like, oh, no, they they screwed up their timeout situation. Yeah, you just got to get off the field on a third down at 16. Right. I mean, it is what it is. They had it set up where they had plenty of time to drive down for the game-tying score, 
and had had one first and second down, right? I mean, had done the hard, dirty work and then didn't deliver on the all-important payoff down. I mean, it's kind of that's is what it is. Um, we uh, let's see here. Oh gosh, we've now blamed everything. Someone's uh Oh, we we got the flickering lights very early in the show today. I texted Josh last night and said mm-hmm. what was the over under um uh, before someone gets mad about the uh the flickering lights. But Okay. Do do not flicker the lights unless we are in front. <laughs> um Bill Snyder South. Bill Snyder Stadium South is a tough place to play. K-State Corey. Uh, case to, it case has been to, the last decade. It has been. Um, and one more. Uh, even though this guy wrote Blake, I sh- I assume he means Plank. Um, but hey, Blake, <laughs> I, that's maybe what we should start calling you. I always wanted to have a cooler name. Remember, there's a great Family Guy where Peter Griffin finds out his middle name is Chad, and he starts going by Chad. And he gets haircut and he starts drinking energy drinks. Like, I'm a Chad now. It's kind of how <laughs> I'm I feel. A like, Chad. I'm a Blake now, bro. Um, did you notice the defense not getting the play called quick enough and just all standing there looking at the sidelines while K State was already lined up, ready to run a play? Looked like our defense play calling was slow and uh, very undecisive. Your thoughts? I, I think that's a Kansas State thing in 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 2022 that is different from what they've done I, I Shep tweeted about this last week and he was right and I, I don't this isn't the three yards in a cloud of dust I mean Kansas State is capable of that if they wanted to like Bill Snyder used to run and I know we don't play on a lot of grass fields anymore but they want to go you know Colin Klein and it was weird because in a lot of those things you didn't see them in the first three weeks right you didn't see a ton of tempo from Kansas State. You didn't, and they couldn't because they weren't getting a lot of first downs, right? Um, but when they went tempo, it definitely caused us problems. And that's going to be you're going to again. I, I say this a lot, and and I mean it as the ultimate sign of respect. There is nobody that consumes more Teddy Lehman content than your boy. And I echo it. I'm always going to give him con, uh, compliments and credit because I think he's the smartest. I think he's the best, and I think we're blessed to have him every day from 3 to 6 right here on The Ref. And if you don't take advantage of listening to him, then, my friends, you are missing out. And with that said, he brought up the best point in all of this, in all of the things that we're mad about and we're worried about and we're concerned about and we're texting about and we're calling about, you know, all these coaches that the Sooners are playing over the next couple of weeks are seeing this too. And now your weaknesses have been exposed. And they're going to continue to do it, and they're going to they're going to have confusing window dressing, if, if you will, for backers and for safeties whenever you play TCU this weekend. And it's going to be the same when you play Texas. It's not going to get any easier, and it's going to become more challenging because they saw where you struggled, and you got to get better because you're going to see it the rest of the year. Uh, one more quick one. Did Marcus Major get hurt? Saw him limping off the field Saturday. Yeah, looked like they were dealing with the right lower leg injury on on Major. They did tape him up, and it looked like he was going to try to get back into the game. But I don't know if he ever felt comfortable enough or if we ran out of time. But, you know, that's that's the thing is team's healthy, right? They There's not a dude that you look at and you say, 
well, when he gets healthy, look out, right? Maybe maybe it's a situation now, Josh, with, with his baddest things look to be from the linebacker position where Deshaun White ends up back at backer. And you see more Justin Harrington at Cheetah or Jaron Canick. I don't know. But, you know, it's maybe they ride with who they've got and it's an execution. You know, these guys have to execute better. I don't know. But I do know what, what happened on Saturday night was unacceptable on every level. All right, 10-19. We owe you a break. 405-329-9000 if you want to get in here. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Uh, we're recapping uh, a miserable weekend for Sooner fans right here on The Ref. Do you think this is a fair criticism from the 940? I'm posing it. Uh, hitting some texts here. Usually we wait till the bottom of the hour, but I mean, obviously it's it's going to dominate a majority of this show. I mean, your your other choices are uh, an in depth discussion about was was it a chicken that got shaved and some somehow yeah my know, social media timeline's so weird very weird right now very weird strange things happening um, I'm here in, for it but <laughs> NFL stuff I mean Aaron Judge by the way f- funny note on Aaron Judge. I'm so I, I, to baseball fans. I just apologize. All right, I'm not. I thought I was into the Aaron Judge thing, but I'm not. It's like he's hitting 61, and I get it. It would tie Roger Maris, and that's a Yankees record. But it's not Barry Bonds. It's not Mark McGuire. It's not Sammy Sosa. There, I said it. And I don't need you breaking in to Clemson Wake Forest for an at bat. What are we doing? How about that for Wake Forest fans? Right? You finally take a lead on Clemson. And they break into the game to show you Aaron Judge pop out. And Aaron Judge has struck out again. Oh, uh, we take you back to the game. Wake Forest fans going crazy. <laughs> game day is going to be at Clemson for Clemson, North Carolina State. All right, here's the question. My press, <clears throat> my frustration <laughs> is for the last four years, our defense was dazed and confused. Saturday. I felt like we were out-schemed. Do you agree, Josh? Oh, I think probably to to some degree. I mean, look, OU didn't play good in the football game defensively. I mean, out-schemed. They were out-physicaled. A combination of all of that. I, I don't know that they got, I don't know, you know, fooled or whatever. I think that they just kind of got beat up. At the line of scrimmage, I don't think that they ever made Adrian Martinez consistently uncomfortable in the game. I think that, you know, for a quarterback that came figuratively limping into this game down in Norman, right? I mean, you touched on this earlier. They were going to make a quarterback change, Plank. If the first three, four drives of this game were poor <laughs> for K-State. Martinez would have been on the bench. Right. I mean, they're going to they're gonna put somebody else in. And instead, what happens is – Oklahoma, you know, allows him to to execute beautifully, does not get in and hit him or touch him up, and he leads two scoring drives very quickly in this football game. And then from there, it's kind of off and running for Adrian Martinez and Kansas State. So I don't know that it was a matter of you had the wrong calls on. I don't think Oklahoma necessarily had the wrong call on on the third down and 16 play. You just you have to execute, and OU did not do that. Um, so, okay, I just want to add to the list of things that on the Air Comfort Solutions text line have made people mad from the game. If you have a bingo board at home, you can probably dob all these out. Let's see. Um, there, there's scheme. There's players. A lot of Dylan Gabriel. 
uh, frustration. There's um, what, what Brent Venables in the defensive huddle too much, uh, flickering lights, PA guy, fans yelling stoops, field. Uh, someone was mad about the the end zones being crimson. Which, by the way, I just want to say this very very clearly and definitively. Uh, field looked awesome. So someone said, "What was up with the paint and the?" The end zone looked like crayons. I'm like, no, it looked awesome. The field was immaculate on Saturday night. I I was uh, ready to go after the game and hit some wedges off of it if uh, Jason Ferris would have left me. So can't blame that. Uh, I, someone was yelling at me because you can't hear me during the scoreboard updates. Well, I'm sorry. Everyone in my small group said I did a good job, so take that. But, no, I my wife yells at me for that. She like, can't hear you. Audio's messed up. I'm like, I have no control over it. I'm standing there. Um, with these poor cheerleaders who are, like, forced to stand next to me. I feel terrible for them. I probably stink because I've been running around about around a bunch of football players, and I'm like, all right, you guys, let's go crazy. And then i got to give a scoreboard update to where my audio is, like, delayed, and I haven't seen any of the highlights. So, yeah, I'm, so, I, I, I'm sorry. Sorry. I don't have any control over it, Sarah. Um. Here's one. Unfortunately, I sat next to three Kansas State college kids Saturday night. There were a lot of visiting fans, far too many in my opinion. Please don't sell your tickets to fans of the visiting teams. And they were all up in that north end zone, too. It was – listen, kudos. They earned it, man. Came in here and beat beat her butts. Got to wear it. Socks. Socks. You know? It happens. You don't have to be like that Miami fan. Have you seen the video of the Miami guy walking around talking trash to the Buffalo fans? Joy, you're flying home. I've never seen a fan base more obnoxious at 3-0 and in my life, especially <laughs> when they should be 1-2 and right now. And what does this deal with Tyree Kill? I mean, why is he going out of his way to talk trash to Eli Apple this quick? I don't know, man. It's like, okay, you're 3-0. and You got the Bengals on Thursday night, and honestly – you should be sitting here one and two right now. Yeah, you, had, you really weren't even that good in the game versus Buffalo. You had no business coming back and beating the Ravens. And against Buffalo, I mean, they, they were without six defensive starters, and you were barely on the field. But I digress. Talk your talk, your 3-0. Um, no, I don't think I want to read that one. Here you go. This is really good for the 405. Try moving through the stages of grief when you park near the stadium when everyone else stays until the end. And traffic is moving one mile an hour to get the hell out of Norman, and you are trapped with that grief and anger. The interior of my car is destroyed. <laughs> oh, no. So you're like uh, Ken Dorsey. You're like the Bills' offensive coordinator, just slamming things around. How great was that? <laughs> you know what I liked about that, what cracked me up, is how how quickly – one of his boys realized there was a camera over there, but it wasn't quick enough, and they tried to cover it up. <laughs> if you watch the full video whenever they go to him, literally you see a hand on his third slam that comes over and covers up that, uh, that camera. Yeah, I, um, I, I think I've said this before. I like, to, I like to park on the road. Which, by the way, Saturday night, listen, lost in all of this, uh, glass half full guy real quick, no one wants to hear it, 1031 on the ref, but I'm giving it to you. Um, Saturday, 
I always park on La Homa. It's like a good luck thing. I guess it doesn't matter now that they lost. Yeah, so you maybe probably I can should move over. find a different parking spot. <laughs> maybe I can just use my parking pass. But, no, I usually I park on La Homa. I used to live on La Homa. It's near and dear to my heart, and I love it. And it's a, it's a good post-game walk for me. Get my thoughts out, you know, see some peeps. It's nice. Um, but that walk from Campus Corner to the stadium, was awesome. That energy pregame and into the game was awesome. I I know it's hard after a loss because you get mad about everything, but the crowd brought it, man. It was it was a great atmosphere and I thought the lights thing was cool. They played uh, in the air tonight of Phil Collins, and whenever they did the Baker drum thing, all the lights kind of flashed in sequence with it. It was really cool. It was really neat. And the players liked it. Now, I I know some of you now, you say, oh, it shouldn't matter. You don't need that to go to games. Well, we do now. We do. I mean, that's the reality of it. And as we continue to work on ingress, egress, and my man's not stuck going a mile an hour, <laughs> sometimes I think we forget that, you know, we're trying to cram almost 90,000 people into a stadium uh, that's basically in the middle of a neighborhood with a bunch of, you know, two-lane streets around it. <laughs> I think I think sometimes we have to remember that. But I can't say enough about what these crowds have been since the opener, right? And the opener was great. It's just everyone left so early, and we, we all have our excuses, and I don't need to revisit that. That's not anything you look at at excuse-making. But I felt like the, the, the Palace has created an incredible environment on game day, and it just sucks that you come away from it with a loss because, you know, I from our tailgate area where we hang out in the Hurtstone, it's parking lot, and inside Balfour of Norman, uh, which is right there on, in, on the heart of camp, in the heart of Campus Corner, if you will, I don't. And, and then even do an hour pregame show, our network pregame show on the stage. You know, Josh, people are standing around and listening to it, and they're engaged in it, and it's just massive traffic. And maybe it was the Selman Trophy unveiling. Maybe it was, you know, Coach challenging you. Whatever it was, I don't, I don't know if I've had many environments that were better than that on Saturday, and it was really fun uh, pregame to see that passion and that energy. We're having a blast down in our tailgate spot, right? I know Brian and Casey and Trav and the, and the crew, I know they're busting it, handing out koozies and T-shirts, and Tyler's kind of like the mayor of our tailgate area because he's money. But it's just, it was a really cool environment. And I, I didn't want the, the disdain and, and, and anger and all of those things to overshadow what was an awesome, awesome fan involvement pre during and you know not don't really have to get anything in the post game but it was amazing the crowd did their part on saturday now i know there were some that got mad about a handful of people that left early but to me it wasn't enough people that left early that made a difference until martinez hit his big run it was awesome the complaints about everything going on stadium production wise i mean it's it's the greatest thing in the world if ou wins by three touchdowns Oklahoma loses a home game and everybody sucks and why are they doing this and why are they doing that, right? I mean, isn't right, it right, really right. just pretty much as, as simple as that? Yeah, no, I think – I mean, there, there's, you know, things that probably should change. Sure. Like, I don't 
I, I don't know if we need a boomer sooner after every first down. No, please. <laughs> I mean, let's that that's immediate. Let's get that done <laughs> now. And I don't know why that started, but it was kind of cool early, and then I was like, oh, we're doing this every first down. Um, but I will add the the fans deserve an A plus plus, and you know it's just it was cool, man. It was I. I spend a lot of time just listening to the crowd. You know, you take your – I have one ear I usually have off so I can hear what's going on on the sidelines. If if there's anything, you know, we, we should or need to pass along. But it was it was awesome. We got a good crew that's right down there in front of the bench. I feel like they're family now, most of them. There is the guy with his headset that always makes sure to let me know if the delay is on or something is on, and he'll, he'll cuss me out. Hey, you fix this, MFR. <laughs> What's going on with this thing? I'm like, does he really say that? Uh, he's been he has before. He's been very mad at me before, but I'm like, sir, I have nothing to do with it, but I'll do my best. I don't need you to fight me. He's usually very mad if things aren't going well in the game. But my point, more than anything mm. else, is uh, the fans brought it. And for as much as we talk about that and fan experience and wanting to get, you know, people spend a lot of time grinching about tailgating. Um, well, it seemed like everyone was fired up from a tailgate in that game, and it start, and it was from the moment the uh, it was from the moment the intro video hit until the unfortunate reality that the Sooners were going to lose. Though I will say, in my infinite belief in in Team One Twenty Eight, I was sure they were going to recover that onside kick and go down and tie this game. I was sure about it. I was sure they were going to get off the field on third down and 16. 16. Third down and 16. All right, cool. We're about to get the football back. We got a chance. All right, quick break. Um, it's 1037. We're rolling on a Monday. What did you – What a move on Monday? A move forward Monday? What you? What you label it? Yep, move on Monday. Move on Monday. Make Braden, sense of it Monday. It's, I mean, I don't know. Take your pick. Braden Willis coined a phrase that I think we're all going to adopt. We'll talk about it next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. The women's basketball conference schedule has been announced. Uh, we'll have some time to get into that. Boy, Jenny Baranchek was – she was a, a, a lady of the people this weekend. She was out at the groundbreaking on Friday for Love's Field. And – she came out in the fourth quarter with her staff, and they were throwing out T-shirts. It was awesome, man. It was really cool to see. I, uh, I'm pretty excited about women's basketball. I'm not going to lie. But obviously, that's not what we're here to talk about today in time. In time, Plank, though the groundbreaking ceremony, Josh, was amazing. Blew my mind. We then, uh, Gabe, uh, Gabe and I had a show to do, and we did it from the press box at softball. And got to watch the team scrimmage. Looking salty again? I mean, obviously. Wow. There's some there's some people I saw that are going to demand some playing time that haven't played a lot. It was good. Now, I will admit, there was a lot of, okay, who's that? Who's that? What's that player? Who's that? I was learning a lot. Had to ask Patrick Dunn, who's that person? I didn't have a spotter to help me out. But once I figured it out, there was a couple players that were impressive. I will say, Coach Gasso kind of ripped my heart out this weekend. I'll explain that later in the week. I mean, she crushed me. Really, really hurt. But we'll get to that later. That's My feelers are unimportant. True Sooners are what's important. So what's going on, True? Welcome to the show. How are you? How you, do- how you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Hey, I know. Uh, thank you. i got a customer here. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> it's like I left you on hold long enough that you actually have to yeah, do you your job. Me. I apologize. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. You caught me right in the middle of it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so, you know, there's nothing really I can add to this whole thing. I mean, being a Sooner Raider fan, this is a bad weekend. Terrible. Uh, in, in more ways than one, uh, obviously. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to change the subject. You kind of stole my thunder there for a little bit. But, man, that that deal on uh, on, fat, on Friday, the groundbreaking was incredible to me. Just the, 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 the turnout they had was unbelievable. I mean, I don't know. I, I expected there to be the white chairs full, and I thought maybe I'd get a white chair. But, man, it was uh, – I mean, you think there was 1,000 people out there? Sorry, true. What was that? What was at, that? At the groundbreaking for softball, right? Is that what right. you're asking about? Yeah, at the groundbreaking. I, I I saw the white chairs set up when I got there. And right. I've never been to anything like that before, and I thought, well, you know, oh. I'll be able to sit up. I, Apparently, it was some... totally packed. Right? No, it's crazy. It was. Yeah. Oh, there was there was there was people behind. I mean, there were. I, I told Chris earlier. I think there was a thousand people there. I'll tell you what. It was in in a lot of crap because obviously I was blessed enough to get to MC it. There's a lot of people yeah. that deserve a lot of kudos for how well that, that looked. Joy Bailey did a great job from the Sooner Club in putting that together. Um, I, I did learn Joy's little intense at events like that. Um, I thought she was going to take me down a couple of times in frustration, but uh, she's great at her job, and it was a really well – the marketing team to have you know Brian Britt and the, the pride out there and to have the, the Sooner Schooner, all those little things, it was cool. And that, that's the first – that's the first groundbreaking slash ribbon cutting that I've been to in a sport since. How about this? Since they since they broke ground on the Reynolds Center at the University of Tulsa, I'd never been to one of those before uh, in that capacity. So it was really cool. I was blown away by the crowd in utter shock. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. All, all those white chairs were for the I, – I, like they had all, all the, a lot of the regents were there. Right. Obviously right. the Loves family Marita was there, Hines. the team. Right. So it was, it was really well done. And I thought everyone – was great in their remarks, right? Joe yeah. Joseph Harris was great. Joe C was great. Coach was awesome. It was just a Grace Lines was money. It was a really well yep. done event. I was going to tell Josh that they actually I can't remember who it was. You you know Plank. It was either a uh, Castiglione or or or, Do, or or President Harris. But they actually called Plank out, and they actually you know that all these dignitaries are up there, and all these important people are up there, and they looked over at Plank and they said, I mean, they just like treated him like he was. I got, I got a little shine, right? Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, I, that, well, he is, over it. he is a star, right? I think well, we they, lose sight of that. Plank is a star. He is a, he's a, he's a rock star. I mean, they, they, they said he's the hardest working guy um, out there in broadcasting. I don't, I don't, yes. I don't know yeah. if that's yeah. In I don't know if that's all true. No, no, it's not I was, true at all. I was good. I was good. It's, I was it's pretty true. My favorite, my favorite story that Gasso, Coach Gasso, told was the one about when they started over at uh, Reeves Park playing mm-hmm. back in. 98 or whatever it was, 99. And uh, they had to, listen to this, Josh, they had to actually, some of the players had to actually sit in the stands with the fans because the dugouts weren't big enough. <laughs> and, and thanks for the call, True. Yeah, and, they would, and they would have to go, and before practice, they would have to pick up beer cans because they would share a field at Reeves Park with, like, slow-pitch softball guy which, unfortunately, probably around that time, whenever they were, I was a little bit softball guy. But they would have to go pick up all the beer cans, and then they'd go practice. It was really cool, man. I'll tell you what. I uh, It's incredible 
incredible passion for that program. And it's really fun to see. I'm, I'm excited for its future. Braden Willis, who? Braden Willis said something after. I was trying to cue it up, and I'm obviously terrible at queuing up audio anymore, and I don't want to get in trouble. But he had a, a, a great little line whenever we were talking to him post-game, Josh. So I asked him, how do you handle adversity? Everyone has a different way in which they handle adversity, right? So, some people, they need to go into – they need to go into a cocoon for a while, right? They don't want to talk to anyone. That's fine. Uh, some people need to talk it out. Some people need to go for a walk. Some people need to be around their family. Others, I don't know, might need a substance. What, whatever it is, right? <laughs> I'm not here to judge. That's between you and, and the big man. But I asked Braden Willis, how does he handle with adversity? And he shook his head and he goes, so what? Now what? You know, so what? We lost. Now what? What are we going to do? Um, and I, I tend, I tend to think that this is going to be a team that will respond. Oklahoma traditionally has responded well to adversity, right? It now this is a whole new world, right? With a new head coach, um, a, a new mindset, a new whatever, whatever you want to look at, it's a whole new world, but. So what now what? Right? And everyone's got to get better across the board. That's the great challenge, right? Let me let me throw a couple of things at you off the super secret textosa line. So what now what? This is from my man Robin Tulsa. To me, it seems like every time we brought pressure, it was from the edge and there was rarely a spy for Martinez. He seemed to step up in the pocket with little to no pressure in his face every time. See his last game-winning run. Seems like a great scheme for the Cheetah. Um, Ted Roof, I don't know if he – maybe it was Ted Lehman that said this, but one of the Teds said they actually had two guys that were spying Adrian Martinez on that last play and got caught up on blocks. So, yeah, I'm – you know, maybe there is a lot of learning. We, we remember Danny Stutzman, even though he was in the no-snaps Hall of Fame and played well through three games, still a lot of learning, right? Still a lot of learning from Danny Stutzman. But maybe it is a situation where Deshaun White slides back inside. I don't know. I thought Deshaun White did a pretty good job in some of his coverage. It still is amazing to me how that guy is able to run step-for-step step with a with a tight end or maybe sometimes it's – the slot receiver, and he's able to make a play without committing a P.I. And he did it last week against Nebraska, did it a couple of times Saturday against Kansas State. But maybe that's a theme. Uh, and then, so earlier in the show, I'd asked you about snap counts because I got this and it caught my attention. Why is Jalen Redman only getting 35 of the, uh, excuse me, 39 of the 85 snaps and Key Lawrence only 34? Redmond also graded as the best defensive player. I don't know. I saw Key Lawrence Sunday at breakfast. Carroll's, by the way, very underrated. Very good place. A little longer wait, but I loved it. Um, Key Lawrence, I felt like every time he was on the field, he was making plays. I didn't realize that he he was only on the field for that few snaps. You know, maybe it's a situation to where they're 
still not quite 100%. I don't know. You know, I, I do know that I didn't hear Ethan Downs or Reggie Grimes, or Grimes' name called much on Saturday. But it's a fair question. It's a fair question. But so what, now what? We got our top five things we learned from Saturday coming up. We've got more of your Air Comfort Solutions texts. And we got an early exit for your boy because we're taping Coach's Corner. Brandon Hall and LaDamian Washington are our guests today on the Coach's Corner. So we'll be fun to talk about the receivers and the safeties. It's a busy, busy Monday as we recap a frustrating Friday, uh, frustrating Saturday right here on the Home Sooner Fan. All right, uh, we don't have a lot of time here, so let's fit in a call or two if we can off the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Clay, welcome to the ref. What's going on, buddy? You get the last word this hour. Hey, Chris, I got a, I got a question about the operations thing. I, you know, you, you talked about the you know your scoreboard updates. What about the new thing where we're you know, another you know it's a Sooner first down, where then they yell boomer, rise, we're getting ready to. It worth a line. I think twice we had guys jump with a big spring boomer over the PA announcer. Now we're supposed to be quiet when, when we're on offense. Um, I think that's the last time you're ever going to see that happen in an OU football game, Clay. Yeah, the, the outcry <laughs> has been. We, we've got. That, I mean, I was frustrated with the tackling and all that stuff, <laughs> all the other things too. But when that's going, I was like, "Come on, OU! We're first of all, we're OU. We don't have to do that." You know, like when OSU chants, it's another Cowboy first down, and then the crowd yells 10. Right. If it's never not first and 10. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, so I, I, was, I was highly disappointed in the thing we had to do that. Well, that's good. We'll never hear it again. I appreciate it. <laughs> Keep up the good work. All right. Thanks, buddy. I, uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't think anyone goes into anything with the kind of intentions that, would want to hurt the team. Okay, I I don't I don't think that's a I don't think that's a thing where anyone is trying to do anything outside of enhance the game day experience. Right? I just I feel like I feel like it just created oh, one of our favorite terms, Josh, unintended unintended consequences. So, yeah, that'd probably be the last time. All right, quick break. Top five stories today replaced by top five things we know after Saturday next right here on The Ref.